Don't make me be the bad cop. <laughs> Don't make me bring Parker in. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm very well. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. <sighs> I need a new accent. Yeah? I don't, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I do that. Might be a Seinfeld thing. Hello. <laughs> From the little navel. <laughs> talking to the little navel. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have some times don't we how's your day going is it all good yeah it's fine how it sounds like you've had a busy busy morning dan benjamin may i yes go ahead caller thank you uh first time typer um you know how you like the ones where i prepare very much so do you like the ones where the idea for a short episode comes to me right as I'm going, ha, 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 and finishing my coffee and yes. uh, turning on Skype. Do you like those kinds? Yes. Hmm. <clears throat> well, I was thinking about how I had to give you last minute notice uh-huh. about a change in schedule. Because why? Because it's silly season. Hmm. It's silly season and schedules are weird and things change. And, uh, we have to, uh, well, you were kind enough to accommodate the need for that change, but, um, but you're here, you're here way earlier than I was expecting. So it's all good. Well, that's, I think in some ways that will figure into this nominal fake topic I'm making up as I'm talking to you right now on the internet. Um, if I may. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking I, ugh, something about having to run around this morning and uh, it's nice, not difficult. I mean, I don't have to go to, you know, uh, Philadelphia or something. It's just, right. just you know, changes in schedule. It's not in the end of the world, but, but, um, it's also making me think about something Roderick said yesterday. I can't stop thinking about, um, uh, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to explore the idea of, uh, our different styles, not you and me, but everybody, all of our different styles, preferences, desires, the kind of person who we think we are mm. and how we do and don't choose to communicate that to others. May I, may I give you some examples? Yeah, please. Um, we, God, you, you know, I never know what Roderick's going to say. I imagine you're the same way. I never know what's going to come up, but he said something uh, that I was, was really thought provoking. <laughs> it involves you. Okay. It involves me. It involves Adam and Ben. It involves uh, Ken what was his phrase? His phrase was something like, uh, he's like, I do these four podcasts and every co-host that I do it with has a different anxiety profile. Like, like, like what? <laughs> I was grabbing a tissue. No, no. Take, I just want, I want to, I just want you to let it, let that sink in for a minute. So uh, by, by anxiety profile, does he mean a different sort of like diagnosed <laughs> anxiety issue? Well, I think, and he gave some examples. Um, he doesn't feel anxiety, does he? But see, that's the thing. That's where Ken comes into it. Because usually, you know, John is the like, you know, the hey, whatever, let the text sit there for a while guy. Right. And uh, and Ken is, uh, he used a great word to describe, uh, talking about Ken Jennings, his co-host on uh, Omnibus podcast. And uh, that Ken... It's very sanguine about things, yes. which is a great, a great word that, you know, where it's like something comes along and like, like John's mother, Ken is ready to set anything on fire at a moment's notice <laughs> where he's like, well, if that's inconvenient, you know, won't do the show anymore. See ya. And in that case, you know, so, so John's usually the one who's like, you know, maybe the giver of assurance, but in that case, he wants Ken to be the, he can never gives him assurance about things, which causes him to have anxiety. And of course, you know, I'm the way I am. And you're the way you are, and the other guys are the way they are. But I was thinking about that idea of, uh, first of all, hilarious phrase. We each have different anxiety profiles. But, you know, the care and feeding of all the people in our lives, including us, differs from person to person. Mm-hmm. And the dynamics of uh, all the different relationships require, like, a certain kind of management. And it's helpful to have a realistic idea of other people's preferences and hang-ups, to be honest. But it's also useful to know what ours are. And I think it's sometimes difficult to communicate that. Mm -hmm. So more examples. I mean, he basically, I was having, as you say, I was pretty much having heart palpitations by 15 minutes into the (laughs) recording yesterday. Because here's the thing. Um, uh, for, For years, and forgive me if there are folks who listen to that show that are hearing this a second time, but for years, I have 
just as an informal matter of course, texted John every Sunday night, sometime between 7 and 10 p.m., uh, to say, hey, are you good <laughs> Are you good to record mm-hmm. tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.? Mm. Now, I, 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 have a, I have an anxiety about doing that, which I can share oh, with you now or oh, later. Oh, hundo percent, because I don't know if I'm being a pill or I'm being helpful. Uh, eventually, I made it into a repeating reminder. I didn't love doing it because why? Because guess how I perceive myself? I perceive myself, even before I get to, am I the guy who bugs people the day before something is due? I assume or hope that everybody is as ridiculously wound up about putting things on a calendar as I am. Well, here's some news for you, Dan. I don't know if you know this. John doesn't really put things on a calendar. Right. He, as you've talked about on road work, he like we're talking about his desire for medical <laughs> intervention. Yeah, yes. Like basically a doctor mom who, <laughs> who will go in and like make all the appointments for him. He really relies on other people to like say, hey, here's the thing that's happening at this time. And I'm just thinking about that, like how we, how we, well, my, my, my case, anxiety it goes yours? even, yeah. e- even one more level deep, not only those things that you mentioned, but also, and this is, this is what I call the, t- the turn signal problem. Mm. And so here's the thing. If let's say you're driving, you don't I, drive I've already. Only. I already know exactly what you mean. Okay. So you don't drive a lot, but you do drive. And so anyone who I've drives. Driven, I've driven since I was, you know, 18. And eight, if yeah. everybody always used turn signals exactly the same way consistently, it would be a good world. But guess what? They don't. They don't. Different people use them in different ways. But one of the things that I'm always worried about when I'm driving is let's say you're behind somebody who's driving slower than the speed limit or, or right at the speed limit in a place where it's completely safe to, to drive that fast or maybe a little faster, but they're going, they're a, either they're afraid to go the speed limit or they're mm-hmm. a super stickler for the rules. And you want to, you want to get out of this. You want to get out of this person's life. You want them away. You want them to go away. Mm-hmm. And so if you put your, now you're supposed to put your turn signal on I forget 500, how 500 feet. Yeah, or I think like it's that. like yeah. It's, I always heard like five car lengths or some ridiculous measurement. But in advance of your turning, you're supposed to have it on. But I always worry that if I put my turn signal on, then the slowpoke in front of me, I'll be like telegraphing to the slowpoke that they should turn. And my hope is that they're not going to turn there, or that they they're going to forget to turn because they're in La La Land if they're driving that slow. And yeah. so. I, by putting my turn signal on, I'm telegraphing to them to turn. Maybe they're going to turn even if they weren't going to turn because people are, are so easily swayed that seeing a turn signal will make them think they need to turn. So sometimes if I'm behind someone really slow, I won't put the turn signal on in the hopes that they'll it's miss like the, their the turn. Auto- automotive power of suggestion. Yes. And so I feel like texting John the night before, that's actually a chance for him to to say no, to reschedule oh, yeah. it, to cancel it, because he can, well, now that or, you or mentioned it. you might not it, hear back, and now you don't know. <laughs> right. Now you that you mentioned it, we're not going to record, come to think of it. So <laughs> I don't want to. you're living a human rally where you have to get confirmation <laughs> of something you do literally every week. <laughs> every week, the same. So I don't do that. And then, see, because like, then that's giving him, that's reminding him of it, but also giving him an out. And I don't want to do that. I would rather be there, show up and say, now he can be a jerk. For not showing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah. give him like, it's, it's, what, it's sort of like with um, uh, trying to get the right balance in how you do subscription notifications for uh, yes. Apple purchases. Yes, 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 yes. Where, I mean, obviously there's, um, there's extreme ends of this. Obviously there's those jackals that are trying to charge you $100 a week for a self-hypnosis app or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but, but the notion is that like it's usually when, I mean, I get a, I get, for example, I get an email from uh, underscore David Smith. That my feed once a year, I get a thing that says your feed wrangler subscription is about to renew. Now I happen to love that service and I mm-hmm. happily pay for it, but I have to be honest, every time I get a notification that a subscription is about to go through or an annual purchase is about to go through, I do pause for a minute and think, hmm, I wonder if I should cancel that. You know? Even yes. though it's a service that I like. But um other examples. So like I do think of myself as a calendar guy. Um I uh <laughs> I'm at our house. I am the trash czar. Oh, 
I am the trash czar for the building that I live in. I am the person who takes care of trash, and I like it that way. I like the trash a certain way. And it's it, there's a very, I won't get into the whole thing. I've talked about this on uh, the show with John Syracuse, but it's, there's a very uh, complicated uh, a series of events that have to go on involving trash recycling and compost. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very good at it. And I'm basically like a cron job. I take care of it on a regular schedule. Nobody even needs to know. It should be like French restaurant service. You don't even notice there's waiters there. Plates arrive, plates disappear. There's no conversation. I take care of it. Last night, for whatever reason, I you know, sometimes you get busy, you get distracted, you make dinner. And I spaced taking out the trash last night. Now, I'm what, the trash What do you mean czar. spaced? What happened? I'm the trash czar. Well, I know every Monday night the trash goes out. I'm the trash czar. I take care of that. <laughs> when, our, when, the, when the latest folks living in the other flat moved in, I said, listen, don't worry about trash. I, I took the time to have, I have some silver Sharpies I use to write the names of the numbers of our houses. You know which one's yours, which one's mine. Don't worry. I'll take it to the curb and I'll bring it in because I know when to take it out and I know the way to make it nice when you put it back. I know how to take care of that. Please. You know how some people are about the dishwasher? Some people, they're the dishwasher guy and nobody gets to load the dishwasher but me because I'm the dishwasher guy. And then you tend to communicate that to your household and say, please, please, nobody else do that. You'll screw it up. You do the forks wrong. Uh, and I spaced it. I don't know why I spaced it, but I woke up this morning and I opened the blinds and I looked outside and all of the trash cans on our block were at the curb except for ours. And I was covered in shame because mm. now it's not just me. It's my family. Because right. of course we fill these things to the brim. <laughs> we put out 80 pounds of compost every week, 32 <laughs> gallons of recycling. I have to, Dan, I have to stand in, this is another reason I'm the trash czar. I have to get up on a Coleman cooler, step into the recycling bin, the 32-gallon recycling bin, and smash it down twice a week. I'm not talking about Amazon boxes. I'm talking about just recyclables from the house, including right. the voluminous number of aluminum cans that I uh, drink from every day. And I blew it. And I felt so bad and so covered in shame. And, and, and I was about to like go leave a note for the neighbors and say, I'm so sorry, I'm the trash czar, and I blew it. I blew, my, I blew up my own spot. I killed my own brand. The trash czar has fallen. And then I noticed that. I looked out again and again, because I'm pushing a bruise at this point, covering myself in further shame. I'm slathered in shame. And I noticed that some neighboring trash cans, not the recycling, but the trash cans and the compost look like they haven't gone out yet. I realize I'm saved. Yes, the recycling has already been picked up by tear ass down the steps and I take out the trash cans and the compost cans. And now I feel I'm, the trash jar is still covered with shame, but at least I, I feel like I slightly saved my reputation. Why are we like this? Because we want to let people know what our preferences, desires, and style are. Let people know like what the expectations of other people are. And then in my case, if I fall short of that, a standard that's probably a little too high in some cases, including calendar stuff. But I think it's difficult to have these conversations with people. You think about uh, the Lotso. And, and what's, what's Lotso stay, say in Toy Story 3? What does he say? The first thing he says to Woody, what's he say? Oh, the, the bear? Lots of he hugging says, bear he, or whatever? Yeah. He says, first thing you got to know about me, I'm a hugger. <laughs> he lays it out right away. Now, of course, he's a lying bear. Yes. A terrible bear. He's a bad bear. But he's got, you know, he's got a background as Ned Beatty, but he lets him know I'm a hugger. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about talking to uh, Lyft drivers. I wanted to talk about, um, you know, just the, the, how we like to deal with other people, how that involves our own identity, mm-hmm. and when we cross the bounds of sanity in either overthinking that or undercommunicating that. Wow. Would that be of interest to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was 14 minutes. Why don't you tell me about uh, something you like? I'll tell you about Eero. Well, let's lavish all of our love on Eero. That's, I am talking to you right now over my, over my Eero, technically, because that's well, what I have running the network here at my little office. Uh, I love these things. I, I think, I wonder if people really would, if they realize how bad their current Wi-Fi actually is. And that's the, that's the thing is I don't think people realize it. I think for a lot of people, Wi-Fi is kind of a set it and forget it type situation. Oh, we have a thing that works. What's wrong with it? Well, Mm -hmm. what, what has happened that I've noticed, and I think a lot of people have seen this too, is that over time, 
your internet connection, your provider upgrades their infrastructure. And so they're able to bring you very fast internet. And they do this all the time. And usually you'll get some kind of, um, some kind of note in the mail. Oh, we've upgraded it. You can have even a better connection for the same thing that you're paying. We've actually, as, as bad as cable providers can be, I have actually had my speed upgraded for the same price over the, over the years. And so you might be getting a very, very fast hmm. internet connection, but you the, can't the pipe, take... The pipe that comes into your house... Is big and, and is wonderful. Is fast and fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But they, you, you're not taking advantage of that because you're using a probably very old, very outdated router uh, and specifically Wi-Fi. It's old. It's out of date. You're not using the latest, greatest technologies. Forget all the stuff that Eero gives you when it comes to covering and and completely surrounding you with what they call a mesh Wi-Fi. We'll talk about that in a second. Forget that part. Just the fact that they have made so many advancements in Wi-Fi technology that you have this fat pipe coming into your house and you're using so little of it. Your devices can do more, but your Wi-Fi has become the holdover. It has become the reason why you're not getting the kind of speeds that you think you should be getting or that you don't even know you could be getting. And the best way to eliminate that is to upgrade your Wi-Fi system. And the best one you're going to find is the Eero. It blankets your whole house with fast, really fast, reliable Wi-Fi. So yes, you eliminate all the poor coverage. You eliminate dead spots. You eliminate buffering. And you'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. But you're now going to get those much, much faster speeds because the Eero has multiple radios inside of it. And basically that's it. We're talking Wi-Fi is radio. That's what it is. It's, it's on a frequency that uh, your regular radio doesn't pick up obviously, but that's what it is. So the better the signal that you get, the better the reception, it works just like a radio. You've had to tune in uh, a radio station before. It's the same thing with Wi-Fi. tune in a better signal. Eero lets you do that. And the way that it works is they have these little things called beacons, right? And so you take these little beacons and you plug them into the wall and the app that, that you use to set up Eero that runs on your phone, it helps you know the best place to put these little devices. But what's cool about them is they're also can function as little night lights, which of course you can turn it off, but they figure you're plugging it into a wall outlet. Why not make it, you know, something that'll help you see at night. So when it's dark, it turns on that kind of cool stuff. But basically you have these little beacons, you put them around your house and now you have complete coverage. You no longer have dead spots. You've got super fast connection in every part of the house. And we've actually put this to the test recently. My mom came to stay with us and the, her bedroom typically, traditionally, before we got the Eero, she couldn't get a very good Wi-Fi signal. Now, we're not really a TV family. If you want to watch something, we do have one TV, but people will watch on their iPads if they want to watch something or on their computer. And she could never get a signal on the iPad back there. Now, beautiful signal. And that's testament to what Eero is good at. So... You can fix up your Wi-Fi by going to eero.com slash back to work. That's E-E-R-O, eero.com slash back to work. Enter the promo code back to work at checkout and you'll get free overnight shipping with your order. Can't beat that. Go check it out. Eero, E-E-R-O, eero.com slash back to work. Promo code back to work for free overnight shipping. This is what I use at the office. I use it at home. It's great. And uh, go check it out. Thanks to Eero for making this show possible. Thanks, Hero. Pop, pop. Long story short, I, uh, boy, my uh, Apple TV bricked. I did not know this was possible. I didn't know it was possible either. Uh, yeah. I mean, it had something to do probably with running the public beta, but um, it, long story short, all you got to know for this insane story is my Apple TV bricked. And it came up with the warning sign and a URL on screen for how to restore. Really? So what, what interesting, was... Like, interesting fact. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, what, what does it show? At the, like the little like circle with the line through it? Mm, it's sort of, gosh, it's, <laughs> it reminds one in some ways of the sad Mac. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. With the arpeggiated cord. Right. Um, so it, I was um, being a dumb dingus, and uh, I guess, and I had the, the public beta on. Public beta. And I was um, manipulating the screen using my iPad, uh, the remote thing on the iPad, which is, you know, pretty great. And uh, anyway, it froze. And then I did the hard reset where you hit what? Play and menu. It came up 
white light is blinking and on screen, it's just that yellow, like caution triangle mm-hmm. and a URL for how to learn how uh-huh. to restore and restore slash reset an Apple TV. Fun fact, 4K Apple TV has no user-based way to reset. Previous generations, you could hook it up to a cable and restore or reset with iTunes. Um, to restore slash reset a 4K Apple TV, you have to take it to the Apple Store. Interesting. Um, so anyways, long story short. Well, the, the point of the story, this is an Eero anecdote, and I didn't mean it to be this long. I bought another one of these because we really like ours, and um, which might have been foolhardy. But you know what's great is I, I did the thing. It's gotten so much easier to set one of these things up. You just you just basically plug, plug in your Apple TV. You put your iOS device next to it. And it restores, because of that shared home screen setting that you can have, it'll basically restore from the cloud. Um, you have to re-log into everything, but it remembers all of your stuff. And like within seconds of getting my, Apple, my new Apple TV running, yeah, I, I got a pop-up on my phone. And it says, a new device, Eero pop-up, just saying, a new device just joined your network. Is that okay? I said, of course, that's okay. That's the kind of thing you get from Eero. Is it says right. you got you, you might have a wildcat here. Like, what's going on? And it's like that's okay. I approve. I approve that wildcat. You know. Well, I I just want to say, you know, and there there I will not say as a rule. I will not say I like something like a sponsor unless I legitimately like it. Mm-hmm. I will say what they tell You're me to give say. Give away the game here, Dan. But I gotta say, I love. I really do like the Eero. I really like it. I really like the app. I really like everything about it. And, you know, I, I was thinking back to when I used to have the tall um, Apple base station, airport base station, the tall one. Mm-hmm. And I still have one. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I sure. I have one at the office. I have Euro at home, but I still have that in my office. I am sure I have it in the closet somewhere. But I just, it feels like the... The Eero has just Such kind of figured it out. Technology. Yeah, and it feels so old the way that, that they do it. That once you look at the Eero, you're like, why would I want something like that at all. It feels like something from the 80s or 90s, the way you have to bring up the airport app and then fish through all those tabs and menus. And it's like, oh God, where's DHCP? Is that under wireless or is that under internet or is that under network? And it's just all of this stuff. Whereas the Eero app is like, it's so thoughtfully designed. Now, you, do you have the ability to control your cable modem or whatever you use there? Like, can you get in there and, and change settings around? Do you use kind that of. for anything? You just go to 192... 192.168.100.1, and right. you can get to pretty much any Xfinity modem. Yeah, see, um, my, mine has that too, and I think it's .0.1 on, on mine. But, you know, I still use the, I use DHCP in, from the router itself on the cable modem, rather. I let it do the DHCP, mm-hmm. and I have the Eero set to be in bridge mode. So that it yeah. it just connects you to that because I have a lot of wired devices and the switch is plugged right into the router. So I didn't want to have a second network. But yeah, again, Syracuse does something kind of exotic with that too, where yeah. you can still continue to use your Apple devices uh, with a, this is way too much talk about Eero. My God, yes. But it's, you know what? You guys get the Eero. Get the Eero. You know, can I follow up on one more thing about this? I, I agree with you. I think sometimes, for example, like if you have pretty good, Wi-Fi or very good Wi-Fi day to day. And then you go somewhere where it's both not very fast and not very dependable. That's when you realize, gosh, mm-hmm. I guess my Wi-Fi is pretty good. The opposite that of that is you spend your whole life with this spotty Wi-Fi. You have no idea how terrible it That's is. That's right. And that's the whole thing. Amortization, Dan. Say mm. it with me. Amortization. amortization. Over time, amortization. This pays for itself. Not literally. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, speaking of stuff from the 80s. Yeah. I have here a Papermate Inkjoy Quattro, hmm. which is that pen that, you hear this? Hold on, let me see. Mm-hmm. Quattro, I'm looking. It's the kind that has the four different colors. Oh, yeah. Green, That's a classic. red, black, and, and blue. And I got one of these on a, on a Lark. I was just in the Walgreens and I saw one and I said, you know what? It doesn't look like it used to look when I was a kid, but I'm getting one. And it now I can like switch from blue to black to red, but I haven't been using the green. For, what do you use the green for? Why is the green even there? Who uses green? Who wants positive to write re- green? Positive reinforcement. So if I'm grading a paper, yes. I might so swap to the green. We don't, we don't use green. red. We don't use red on papers anymore. Oh, I do. 
Mm. <laughs> send a message. I'll walk up and start scrawling something in red on someone else's thing they were just writing. If yeah. I see an error, could be at a coffee yeah. shop, could be at a, a bus station. Well, like it, keeps, it keeps them alert. Don't well, they, they got to know they're wrong. Yeah, they do need to know they're wrong. That's my job. It's a shame you can't use it on the internet. I know. I know. One day. Hmm. So let's talk about your topic. Yeah. I don't have to. No, I want to. Hmm. Um, there's a, a show that my family has, uh, I'd watch this a little bit, but now the family is deeply into a very, very funny show called Nathan for you on comedy central. And the basic premise is it's this guy, Nathan Fielder, who's very funny, very like flat affect. And the conceit of the show is every episode he said, it's, it's almost like something terrible you'd watch on CNBC, like the profit or something. The, the notion of the show is that he is this guy who went to a very good business. He's a comedian. He went to a very good business school in Canada and he comes in and he fixes your company. And of course, what he comes up with in every instance is completely asinine. Uh, you know, the very first episode is uh, he finds a yogurt store in trouble. So he has them start selling poop flavored uh, yogurt. Um, there's a woman who, who's not making as much money as she'd like with her antique store. So he encourages her to stay open 24 hours and have drunk people come in so they'll break stuff and have to pay for it. <laughs> There's one where he invents a way for uh, plus-sized men to have weather balloons attached to themselves so that they can ride horses. Um, there's, but, you know, it's, it's really, it's very, very funny. And there's, there's one episode where he uh, introduced, he has a couple different ones about taxi services. But there's one where he introduces a screen in the backseat of the car where you can say whether or not you would like to talk to the driver. And if you do want to talk to the driver, you can pick from four topics. It's like politics, sports, Armenia, and marine life. Of course. And he's dressing down the driver because he hasn't learned everything about whales. And so anyway, it's very, very, but I, I've thought about that so often where I, there's, it's not like, it's not like I don't ever want to talk to people. But I, I've said before, I wish there was a hand signal. I wish there was an easy way. Like, I get the feeling sometimes, especially with Lyft, um, where I get the feeling the driver, if they do want to talk to me, it's just because they feel like that gets them a better rating. Mm. But I wish that there were a no-judgment way for us to just kind of give each other a little eyebrow thing and both acknowledge we don't need to talk unless we need to talk. Right, because I feel like there's that awkward time where, you know, the, like the, don't don't feel like you have to just so you know, don't feel like you have to talk for me, and I don't want you to think that I'm terribly rude and I'm ignoring you. But play whatever music you want, whatever makes you happy. I'm going to put on these AirPods and I'm going to have 20 minutes to myself <laughs> to listen to this podcast before I move from one aspect of my life to another. And I, we can talk if you want to, but I would. If it's okay with you, I would just as soon prefer we didn't. You know, I think this is a fascinating topic because there's so many different levels of concern that are happening within this. On the one hand, I feel like the driver feels obligated to, to speak because if not, they'll get a bad rating because they were rude and they didn't talk. But you then as the passenger also feel an obligation to respond to the driver, if they initiate a conversation, which they're only doing because they're concerned that if they don't, they'll be perceived a certain way. And you're responding because if you don't, you'll be perceived a certain way. You're both, you're both operating on a set of assumptions that's probably not true. Not true. Or I would like to say doesn't need to be true. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes I have, like, as I mentioned on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I had an amazing conversation with a Lyft driver who explained uh, the way the Coriolis effect uh, causes water in the body to cause electrons to be excited and how global warming is a lot like the human potential for hope. And it was amazing because <laughs> he's a healer. He's a Chinese healer. Right. And that was an amazing conversation. I gave him seven stars. I, I, I said, You're, this is amazing. You're insane. And this was great. There's times like that. But then, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you're, you're really, I'm interrupting you, but you're really nailing the problem here, which is that it's not so much that I can't talk or I won't talk. What I want to tease out is if we both have the preference that we just assume, not, I would love for you to watch the road and pay attention to that. And I would love to have just a few minutes to myself. I consider that part of the ride. I know that's probably wrong because we're supposed to like high five and stuff. <laughs> but like, I would just as soon I have a few minutes of solitude to myself where I don't have to bootstrap a relationship with a stranger for 20 minutes. Yeah. 
You know, and, and that's I wish there was the, an easy way to say that there, because realistically, you're not going to ever see that person again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might, but it's not, it's not like there's time for you to f- form. He doesn't a, really care how my day is going. I don't yeah. even care how my day is going. <laughs> I know? know, but what do you, so what do you do? Do you take the risk of being, I, but this is, this is, I'm just trying to, I'm problematizing this <laughs> fake wide ranging topic by just saying, I think that, I think that most of us do have quirks, preferences, and styles is the phrase, that, the word that I was using. I think we all have those things. And I think sometimes we're ashamed of it. And I think sometimes we don't want to be seen as a dick. Now, when I go and I go to the local cafe, I will talk to the guy at the counter, whose name is Brandon. I will talk to him until my daughter drags me out of the store. Because I so enjoy talking to him about 90s, we're roughly the same age. I love talking to him about 90s music and role-playing stuff and all of that. And like, we really get along. I feel like we get along great. I, <laughs> I, I, I tip prodigiously. And uh, I, I'm one of those people that believes in the nearly 100% tip when you go to a cafe. And it's just like, well, that's everybody's, again, styles, styles, right? That's just, that's one of my styles is that if it's a cafe I go to a lot, I tip near 100% because that's, I want them to thrive, you know? There's just so much complexity to all of this though. Cause now, now there are going to be people probably listening to this and going like, God, you know, you're such a one percenter to not want to talk to your Lyft driver. Well, I look at it the other way and say like, you think that guy... He's all day long. He wants to talk. He wants to listen to people talk on the phone. He wants to have conversations about the weather again and again. All I doubt it. I really doubt it. So I'm just, I want to just, what I'm problematizing here is like I say, our own not wanting to even admit, like we're stuck in the closet of preferences. Like we're not, or styles. I feel like when I meet somebody fairly early on, who's a stranger, if we're going to have a lot of contact with each other, I feel like I need to disclose to them that I'm very tightly wound about my calendar and my time. Not, <laughs> just not as, as, a, as a kind a, of a conversation warning. starter. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if you were one of those, if you were one of the poor bastards who did have to be in a relationship of some kind, say a business relationship with me for six months, wouldn't you want to know that I'm insufferable about putting stuff on the calendar? And then like, you know what I mean? Or that, like, you know, I'm the kind of person who goes out and stands in his, in his recycling bin twice a week to smash it down. Yeah. And then there's other things I just don't care about. There's other, but like, it's, I think it's difficult to know. Think about this. Think about this. Here's one. Um, you know that when you go into certain chain restaurants that it doesn't have to be a Hooters. It could be a Chili's or a Friday's or whatever. You know your Waitron is going to be so freaking over the top and they're going to sit in the booth and they're going to say, hey, my name's Skip. Can I get you started with some appies? And like, and then they'll just keep coming up and interrupting your conversation. And like, don't you kind of wish, maybe bad on you for going to that kind of restaurant, but don't you, I kind of want to just pull the person over and say, listen, um, I, no matter how terrible the service is here, I'm going to give you at least 20%, but like pump the brakes. Please just bring so much water and, and just bring the food. If you see that, like, I'm retching at the table, feel free to ask how it's going. But, like, if I haven't touched the food, don't ask me how it is. But you can't do that. Right? I mean, you're, you're breaking the illusion. You're yeah. breaking the illusion of service. It would be like, I don't know. Like, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I guess I just feel like, you know what it maybe comes down to? The part that I keep coming back to is, is my own shame at having a preference and then feeling the need to explain it. Where like, I feel like it must be what it's a little bit what it's like to be a vegan or to have celiac, where you've got to say to people, look, I know everybody says they're gluten intolerant, but I actually have a tummy problem where like, I, you know, just FYI, I can bring my own food. Don't worry about it. But like, <laughs> if we have a flight of breads, I'm going to have to opt out. You've got to have that conversation or your butt dies. <laughs> so you gotta get good with that. If you've got a kid like like Gruber's kid, if you got a kid with like an extreme food allergy, I mean Amy, Amy is like general patent about that. She's like, no, she wants to go walk into the kitchen. She prove to me there's no dairy in this. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because you have to be like that. Right, because like he I could die, right? He got tested for I think he he got tested for allergies at a hospital. And if he hadn't been adjacent to an emergency room, it might not have turned out so good. Right, in the, t- in the test, right. Now, I don't have anything that extreme without lying. 
it's mainly just very strong preferences. I don't die from butter, but like I sure would love you to tell me if you're not going to be on time for something that's on my calendar, right? So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think um, I feel my own shame in talking about this because it, it feels like I'm saying I don't want to talk to people or it feels like I'm saying I require the world to be like me. Um, I don't require the world to be like me, but I need to be like me. <laughs> right. That's how you know we're different, you and me. If you're not worried about being who you are, believe me, you got bigger problems than my fucking calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just be whoever anybody wants me to be today. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to inconvenience you. <laughs> I just want, okay, okay, I'll just sit here and wait. Uh, so I don't know. Shame, shame, Dan, shame. Yeah, but you know what? I'd ring I a mean, bell. Shame, you're, shame, shame. <laughs> and just follow, follow yourself around with the bell. Yeah, I'd make a good nun. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I really do think that you're on to something when, when, when you talk about this, because it's, you know, and there are so many of these little things where like you almost, I know people who are maybe not, the most comfortable in social situations who are absolutely in love with the AirPods because they can pop them in their ears mm-hmm. and not play anything, but just the have world, them The world in. knows what that means. It, yeah. It means like, eh, don't really talk to me right now. I'm, yes. I'm doing something else. Or, if you're a woman on a bus, you have, you have uh, anybody on a bus, but if you're a woman on a bus alone, now you have told everybody, but the biggest creeps, please don't talk to me about my blouse. It's a way of telling the world, like, leave me alone which I, I think in that case is highly understandable. So like only the weirdest weirdo would, would, would tap at their ear to indicate, take this out so I can ask you about your blouse. Right. It does avoid a lot of that. And then, but there, and then there's also that kind of guilty feeling of like, well, yeah. this is probably like the only other person I'm going to talk to in the whole day. And yet I'm avoiding even that. And what has happened to the idea of like people living in a small town where everyone knows you and you, as you stroll from your, home, uh, the five blocks that you walk every day to your storefront office, whatever thing that you go to and you see people, you know, and you say hi and they stop in and you stop in and you talk over lunch. And and the reality is like, you're alone in the dark eating your lunch in front of a screen and then at home in the dark watching Netflix and like, you know, what's the harm in having the conversation and stopping your day to talk for it. And so there's that kind of guilt also, right? Yes. I, 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 I totally agree. I think we love trying to figure out what everybody else in the world needs, and we love trying to figure out what everybody else's deficit is, where they have expressed a preference, whether that's the pronouns they'd like to be called or what kind of screen they want to watch while they're eating. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I feel like, a very well-established pattern. This has been covered by that, uh, that very fun podcast, Pessimist Archive. Um, I mean, there are, there are these trends that you just see happening over and over when a new technology comes along. The, uh, the episode about the Walkman was really, really Mm -hmm. good. Um, You know, it's basically this whole podcast and I think website that's just about the hysteria that comes along with new technology and all the predictions about how this will be the undoing of everything. But I think, okay, so like there is this technological pattern of like, you know, people used to, supposedly, people used to stand by the road and wait for cars to go by so they could throw rocks at it because (laughs) they were so antithetical to the idea of horses. And so like, so there's always the technology backlash. Mm-hmm. There's always the thing that like anything that existed before I was 30 is wholesome. You know, anything that's invented after I'm 40 is, should be regarded with suspicion <laughs> and potential danger. <laughs> right. Because Ch- Snapchat <laughs> is obviously going to get my kids dingus on the internet. Oh, it's all bad. It's okay. And me driving drunk in the seventies was fine, but these kids with their cameras, what even is going on? And, and so like, so there is the technical part and there's the bad faith assumption that everybody else doesn't know how to make decisions about what they want in life. Um, but there's also this thing where like, when you th- and I'm not here to stand for AirPods. I, I agree that like, there's a lot of unintentional, even inherent rudeness in walking around and talking to people with earphones in. I, I don't think that's a respectful thing to do personally, but on the other hand, anytime somebody finds a way to scrap and scrape and gather back one part of their attention to address one part of their own preferences in life, everybody else is there to tell them what a dick they are. Mm-hmm. That like you're not now you're no longer part of the community because you're listening to music. It is, we're always so ready to judge other people's 
desire to, you know, like I say, get back their attention and even just to improve their life. And look at how many, how many, after everything that's happened with these shootings, all the women that are going to be yelled at on the internet for being man haters. It's like, <laughs> or all the people who are saying, oh, you're just, you're radical about this minority point of view. And you're like, I guess I kind of am, uh, you know, I guess I am a little bit extreme about that because people keep trying to kill people like me. Yeah, that gets me a little bit miffed. It's like, oh, well, you're disrupting the discourse with all of this this hot talk. Isn't mm. it really time for us all? The New York Times has headlines about, the, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's really about guns and racism. Let's all come back together. No, like people have gotten the way they are for a reason and we should, you know what? I'm sorry, I accidentally got way off topic. I'm feeling kind of hot right now about people telling other people how they're doing life wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, when right in front of us, there are there's so much terrible stuff happening. That goes like, well, you know, he has a white kid with a really promising future, so I guess he's good. Um, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But like, I don't know. I don't know. Each each generation um, confronts these new ideas about what's okay and what's accept- acceptable, and then conversely, what's no longer okay and what's no longer acceptable. And that gets fought out on a very generational, to use that word again, a very generational level. And I forget who first said that line about things that were invented, you know, when I was young versus things when I was older, but I've very much found that to be true. I had, I had occasion to try and use, uh, what's the other one? The one that's not, uh, Snapchat. I had a, a, a reason to try and use Snapchat for something last week, and it still is completely bewildering to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, is this deliberately confusing? Well, is actually, deliberately? The, it is. Yes, the answer is yes. That's what Max says. Max thinks it's deliberately confusing so that uh, you feel expertise as a teen who uses it. I, w- I will go a step further and 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 say, he, not only is is he correct 100%, but that absolutely this is by design. And it's not only is it by design to make teens, or tweens, and whoever else is using it feel better about themselves. It's that it, the the difficulty of using the interface, the lack of any kind of usability or UX implementation in it is there to make people like us feel like we can't use it and keep us from using it. Because, you know, what, what we've seen, Facebook is really a perfect example of this. When Facebook came out, it was by and for college kids. In college, like that's who was meant to use it. That's who it was designed to use. And over time, now who mainly uses it is like stay-at-home people. Uh, and boomers. At, it's for boomers. Boomers now. who are at yeah. home. They're looking at pictures of their kids, their grandkids, and you know, and um, and people sharing recipes with one another, and lots of other things that we all know about is on there. But it is not anymore what it once was. It's not how it started out to right. be. And so, how do you keep? old people like me and you from using it, you make it incomprehensible to us. You know, there are plenty of cartoons that my kids watch that I want nothing to do with. Um, There are shows that my daughter watches that are (laughs) screaming uh, shows, the yelling shows. Yes. But also just, just other ones that are insufferable to me that to her are wholesome and entertaining and great. I'm glad she watches them. I just, I can't watch them. I can't go there. I can't do it. I can even look at something like Teen Titans Go or especially Gumball. I can mm. look at Gumball and go, There's, there are episodes of that show that have actually made me laugh really, yes, really, really yes, hard. Yes. But it's amidst this tone that is just piercing to an adult's ears. I'm going to go into Netflix right now. Hold on a second. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go in as my daughter on her little account. And <laughs> tiny um, little account. She has changed, you know, it's like it's a kid's account and she has renamed herself to be on just on Netflix, her account is called Candy. Oh. With the A swapped with an um an at symbol. I don't wow, know why. She I, is leet. I don't know why. Um I have I have a picture of Steve from Stranger Things in his uh, Scoops Ahoy uniform. <laughs> I don't know why she swapped it the A, but I asked her, I said, why is it candy? And I said, Do you is that your nickname for yourself? And she says, No, I just love candy. Wow. So Here's cool. some of the here's some of the shows that that are out there that she's watching. No good, no good Nick. Like no good Nick. No oh, good yeah, Nick. Sure. One called Bunked. Um, the the show you you probably will know, which is called Sugar Rush, uh, which is where they try to build the. It's it's like that British baking show sort of. There's it, oh right, they, sure. they have okay, to yeah, bake I've something. Seen the, I've seen the card for that. Yeah, uh, one called Miraculous. 
uh, The Worst Witch, Brain Games, What a Girl Wants, Sophia the First. <laughs> These are things I, I cannot tolerate any of them. And I know it's not because they're kind of girl focused. That doesn't bother me at all. There's plenty of uh, shows and movies like that that I, I can watch, watch Barbie with show. The Barbie show is surprisingly <laughs> entertaining. But there's just, they're just, like mm-hmm. I can't, I they're, can't, they're very I can't, and <clears throat> and so, um, and there's plenty of things my son watches. Yesterday, he showed me a YouTube video that's just they take someone takes a Mario character, uh, <laughs> like Luigi, and it's an hour of Luigi making screaming sounds. My son thinks this is the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, yeah, that's great, dude. Thanks for showing me that. Uh, and, but it's like, those are not for me. I know they're not for me. They don't have to Mm -hmm. be good for me. They don't have to make me laugh. They don't have to do anything like that. They're not for me. Snapchat. They're not for you. It's not for me. That's the way to look at it. You you see last week or so, maybe two weeks now, the, um, the meme that was going around, uh, egg is bigger than before where did you see the thing where there's the egg and you you drop it in vinegar and then you, you color it blue it, no, it got a lot of attention because it's this inscrutable video where they're doing things to an egg. I instantly recognized. <laughs> so just Google egg bigger than before. Um, I instantly recognized it. It's five minute crafts. And it's, I did not realize how popular that channel was, but my daughter, um, back when she still had long hair, it was what we watched every morning on the laptop while I brushed her hair yeah. <laughs> for 45 minutes. <laughs> but uh, no, but it was, they're, they're, the videos are, are ter- terrible and feel wrong. And it's like all the worst stuff of life hacks. It's like how to turn a can of Coke into a grill for heating a hot dog bun using like a, a like red hot, usually a hot glue gun and using this very pointy thing. And the videos are terrible. They're for kids. It's one of like top five most popular channels on the entire network. Wow. Which I, I didn't know. But like, no, that believe me, that is not for me. And I, every morning I would tell her, so I said, you know, these are made. By, by children in Russian caves. You know that, right? They put out 50 videos a day. They do, they do 1,500 videos a month, Dan. I don't... Yeah. I don't even know how to respond yeah. to that. Yeah, I don't either. But, you know, but, the, but, but, like, it's not for me and that's okay. And that's the mm. weird thing because I think of myself having started using computers when I was single digit age, maybe 10 at a time when no one did that. Like now, of course, a 10 year old is using a Of course they are, mm-hmm. but they're just not, pro- they're not programming a computer, yeah. but they're using it all the but time. But they're using it. And, mm-hmm. and so back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, if you, if you had like computer knowledge in the eighties, in the early eighties, especially like that was very unique. And, you know, you come from that where I'm always or always traditionally have been the expert. People would come to me, well, Dan, I couldn't make this thing work. Or how do I do that? Or which computer should I buy? Or which thing should I get? And then to all of a sudden, now there's stuff that we don't understand. There's stuff oh, that's absolutely. not for us. That's that's And like, there are plenty of times when I'll ask my boy, oh, what what is that? How do I do that? How do I use that? And I remember my granddad a lot. I'm sure I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. He never owned a computer in his life. He was um, he was a metallurgist and an engineer his whole life. He went to Carnegie Mellon. I mean, he was um, he worked for for the government designing anti ballistic armor for tanks. I mean, he he was um, truly a scientist, and by any 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 definition of the word, he was a scientist and stayed very very up to date with with technology. With the exception of computers, he understood them deeply, but he never owned one. He never got into computers. He never had that. It sort of missed him, you know? And so at some point, I convinced him that he needed to get a computer. And so what he got at the time was a web TV. Do you remember web TV? Yeah, it's a Microsoft, um, basically, computer in a box that you yeah, can watch on your TV. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like, went on your... Um, it's like a, it was like a set-top box. A set-top box, and it, it it had a keyboard of some kind. I don't mm-hmm. know if it, it had... It was a wireless, a, wireless keyboard. I think it was. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you could say it was ridiculous, because when you had to, like, when you try and make your web page work with it, it was really hard, because it would make the, the letters would have to be big enough to, like, see across the room. Right. It was meant to be, like, watched across the room, and so... 
one thing this thing could do though, is it could get email. And I thought this was amazing because now I could finally like send email to my granddad and I would send him emails and he would, you know, he would, he would call me and say, <laughs> uh, this, so this, this, this thing that you sent, you, you wrote that? And I'd be like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, this, this email that you sent me, it has this article in it. And at the bottom, it, it has your name in, in the credit section. And you wrote that. It doesn't, you know, why are you writing that? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't. So what <laughs> he was, what he said? That's it so was great. adding my signature, my email signature at the bottom would say Dan Benjamin at the bottom. And to him, that was like the, you know, the author information at the bottom of the article or whatever that, and, and whatever way this was displaying it to him, oh it would goodness. show up with he my name at the bottom. doesn't have a paradigm for this. Right. And that's, that's what I refer back to in my mind as like, this made no sense to him because if I was sending a letter to you or an article to you, the author name would probably be somewhere like at the bottom. And to him, it was like, why are you like, Saying yeah, that you, you wrote this. You can see this. him saying, like, what is this from? Right. Like, you know, And there's the clipping. attribution at the bottom. It's got oh my, my name God, on it. That's so interesting. I love hearing stuff like that. That's so interesting. And that's how I feel when I use Snapchat. I'm like, I don't I don't yeah. know what's where. I don't know where it is. And I'm not I'm not making fun of Snapchat. I'm making fun of myself in that like it yeah, is it's for not, it's not for you. It is not for me. But that how but, how soon is it that like half the stuff out there won't be for me or oh no, uh, two thirds of it I, or all of I've started, it? I've started making a habit of uh, if I look at Twitter moments. So there's so many things. I think I mentioned to you before that I, I really I've been st- continuing to struggle to find a term for the phenomenon by which the day that you discover something, the moment you discover something exists is the same moment you find out it is impossibly more popular than you ever knew. Ah. And it's, I want to call it like, a, but it could be something terrible. It could be something just pop culture, but uh, like, I don't know, zero day hit. Like there's something where like <laughs> you had no idea. So I've made a habit of, um, I've started doing screen caps in Twitter moments when I get per- per- particularly perplexing things. Uh, Real Housewives OG Vicky Gunvalson has been demoted to quote unquote friend. Yes. I'm very okay. excited about that. YouTube stars Alyssa Violet and Faze Banks confirm split. Don't know who they are. Yeah. Ewok becomes the first ever girl streamer to join Faze Clan. Don't know who that is. Yeah. Or so I get a lot of Faze these Clan where is. I'll just look at it and go, okay, uh, like... I think I, I I might be the only person in the U.S. who knows less who knows less about ASAP Rocky than the president. I don't know what ASAP Rocky is. I've seen the name of the person. I understand he's a hip hop EA. I understand that, but like I I just I'm on a different planet from all of that, and it's not for me. Jeez, Dan, so old. I know, and but you know what? And that and that's that is the. That and like my hairline are the two things that remind me every day that the image I have of myself is not correct with the reality of myself. Coming <laughs> you back to that in the mirror and you're like, ah, well, you know, you, you, because it's like, it's like a surprise. And I was talking just yesterday to some, one of my friends who's um, maybe 10 or 15 years younger. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was saying, you know, like you're at the age right now still uh, not, not you, my, my friend, uh, mm-hmm. where any physical changes that happen to you are because of, the, of your own, a thing that you did. For example, if you look in mm-hmm. the mirror and you're like, oh man, these jeans are too tight. That's because you've been eating more or exercising less or both. If you, <laughs> um, if you look at it, in the, you haven't been affected by entropy and gravity. yet. That's right. And, and like yeah. now things are just happening to me without me changing what I'm doing, you <laughs> know? And true. that's, that's yeah. the aging thing that no one ever really told me is that one day you will look in the mirror and you'll say, that is different, but it's not because of something I did or didn't do. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I the, the hair looks different today. Why? Because it's different yeah. now. It's just different now. It does its own thing. And I feel it. When did that start? Early forties? Um, I, I guess I just, rem- I remember, losing some of my spidey powers, <laughs> like some of my, I first remember noticing this, the, the second thing that was big was losing symmetry in my body. I was no longer symmetrical. <laughs> like what? Um, what changed? 
just all kinds of things just suddenly became a lot less symmetrical. Even it was just like being able to rely on this leg. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but like uh, what I remember is like the Spidey powers being lost where it used to be that like my powers of recovery seemed, you know, very substantial, whether that was from drinking or exercise ah, or staying right. up all night. Right. Um, and that's, I suddenly started realizing, um, you know, it's, it, I was not Wolverine with the wound <laughs> pushing the bullet out anymore. <laughs> It was more like I drive a limo and I need to lay very still sometimes. Right, right. That's what you notice. No, you're right though. I mean, I mean, the um, and I, I, you give me stick about this. I give you stick about this. But anytime somebody complains about the problems of getting older, well, it's understandable. It sucks. But then, what's the alternative? Like, pick one. Right. Do you, Do you want to be alive and a mess, or would you rather have the other option? Yeah, really. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm ready for. I'm, ready for anything like hearing aids sure bring it on i'm ready do it i don't care i don't care if what am i worried about losing my sexual attractiveness no i mean i need to function i need the tools i need the weather balloons to let me get on the horse at this point so um, but you know and but that's the only way you, that's the that is the only smart way to respond to it which is to say you know, like, let's, yeah, let's do? I'm, I'm along for the ride now, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's very different. It's very different. That can, feeling. I mean, everybody's going to eat as so this is super privileged to say, but like I was looking at some photos of a couple stars that were popular in the nineties today and what they've done to their faces, right. which they have to do to stay in the business. But it's like, my main thing is like, you can go gracefully or you can go less gracefully. You know, if you want to keep rocking that look, and you can pull it off. There's enough spanks in the world to get you the way you think you should look. Have fun. You want a little hair hat? That's fine. Get your hair hat. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just, I have so little dignity to begin with. I really can't sacrifice any of it for something that vain. Yeah. I need to just go down, not swinging. Dan, I'm so disappointed that we don't have a second sponsor. It breaks my heart. We it do. It breaks my heart. Wait a minute. What are you telling me? I'm saying we do have a second one. We have a second sponsor? Yeah, I, yes, we conjured it right out of thin air. You like, a, like an orb. And it's one you have something to talk about. Huh? Huh? It's huh? Warby Parker. Warby Parker. A new, a new concept in eyewear. Warby Parker was founded with a goal, and the goal is they want to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. And if you've ever, if, if you are a glasses wearer like me and Merlin and a lot of our friends, you have realized that glasses can be prohibitively expensive. And a lot of the time, the choices that you have in those stores are not really necessarily what you're really going for. And, uh, and this is why Warby Parker was created. It was designed to be an alternative to the overpriced and bland eyewear that you're going to find in the stores everywhere that you go. And, and they believe that prescription eyewear shouldn't cost you more than a plane ticket <laughs> or a new iPhone. And what did they do to solve it? That you can circumvent these traditional channels and go with Warby Parker. And that's what they let you do. You go to their website. They now have some retail stores you can go to as well. We've got one here in Austin. And you can get high quality, great looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the price. And so if you're not familiar with Warby Parker, they are, their aesthetic is a, it's vintage inspired, but it's still contemporary. So every pair, it's a custom fit. They all come with anti-reflective coating. They all have polycarbonate prescription lenses in them. And, uh, and, and they even do the high index, which is what I need. You can get the high index from them. And you can, you go, you go to their website or you go to their store, like I said, and glasses start at 95 bucks, including the prescription lenses. And that's absolutely uh, bonkers for that price is just mm -hmm. mind boggling. So the way it works is they have this thing called home try on. You get five pairs of glasses and you try them on for five days. You don't have any obligation to buy. You're, they're not going to you know, knock on your door and say, which one's you pick? Better buy now. No, they send you the five that you pick. You, Open up, Warby Parker. <laughs> That's the Warby Parker, please. Uh, which please one's you pick? Show us your preference. They don't make me be the bad cop. <laughs> don't make me bring Parker in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because it's Mr. Uh, Warby that shows up. Um, it ships free. <laughs> It includes a prepaid return shipping label. So literally you don't have to do anything. You just go there on the website, which is warbyparker.com slash back to work. You get your home try-ons, you try them on. And, uh, and then 
you pick the one that you like and you order it. Or you don't pick any, but most likely you'll find a pair that you like. <laughs> I have done this many times. I I've still done have, it three times. It was three times before I ever actually got anything. They don't care. It's because they, they don't care. They want they don't come and knock happy. on your door. Mm-mm. They also have an app. If you have an iPhone 10, they have an app and you can use their virtual try-on with the uh, iPhone 10 or up capabilities uh, where it looks at your face and does it. And it shows you, you wearing the glasses with it the realistic the glasses color right on your face. And my kid got to do it. She could see what she looks like in the different glasses. It's very fun to do. So cool. So you said you had something to say about this. Well, all I wanted to say was, so what I did was here, because I talked about Warby Parker at length two weeks ago in episode 435, Scanner of Horizons, I just wanted to say, you know what? This is the first time I've actually uh, signed on the line that is dotted and mm. got got with money Warby Parker glasses. And I just want to say my whole experience with it was really, really great. Um, my, As I said in that episode, my wife, whom I love, basically forced me to go and get my prescription filled. And I went, meh. I don't like doing things. So we go, we have a store here in San Francisco and it was great. Everybody there was incredibly helpful. They were nice. They were kind. They were easy to deal with. And, uh, they had the glasses made. And in less than a week I picked them up at the store. They did all the measurements and everything at the store. And, uh, I've just been real, real satisfied. It's so nice to be able to see again. And what the funny part is after years of not having proper glasses, now I'm sitting there in the app at night like trying on glasses in the app, which is I never would have imagined. I give Warby Parker my official okie dokie. Well, that that is a very good endorsement, I think. And uh, <laughs> they get mine too. Warby, W-A-R-B-Y, Parker, P-A-R-K-R, like Peter Parker, but warbyparker.com mm-hmm. slash back to work. Go there, use that promo code and, uh, you know, support the show. Get yourself your, your try-ons. And you'll get your, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's as simple as that. There's no reason why anyone shouldn't do this. I know people who wear glasses when they don't need to wear glasses. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to get is a pair of those. Is that affordable and they look that good? You can get the sunglasses if you want. Yeah, they have sunglasses too. They got it all. They got Warby the metal Parker. frames now. Where, where do people go? Where do people go for this? Warbyparker.com slash back to work. Support the show and get yourself a pair of five, uh set of five glasses to try on. Thanks, Warby Parker. Thank Bok-Bok. you, Warby Parker. Bok-Bok. You need to um, hit the road, Jack. Yeah, I gotta go. You ever uh, hear people talk about the Bloomberg Terminal? Bloomberg, Bloomberg? Terminal? Yes, I, I knew. I used to be friends with a uh, a guy that was a financial advisor. Yeah, and I knew a lady to, that was a Bloomberg yay. He used to have one of these. And apparently you pay thousands of dollars every month to have a computer that can... Yeah. Display like a stock ticker across it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I mentioned it in passing, I cannot find the exact sort of quote that I'm looking for here, but I, I remember hearing from people, I don't know if this is accurate, but um, the, the Bloomberg terminal is it's famously costly, but it's also famously um, difficult to learn. I won't say di- difficult to use because it's probably like Emacs, where like once you really do learn it, you can make it sing, but it's notoriously difficult to learn and some would say difficult to use. And I feel like I've heard it said that they've, they've asked people who are very good at using the Bloomberg terminal, well, don't you wish this thing was easier to use? And apparently a lot of them say, no, I don't wish it were easier to use. Oh, that's and interesting. And it's not, it's not because they don't want new people on the job. They like the status of being good at using the difficult thing. They don't want it to be something anybody can use because they like being the person, they're the wizard, right? Same kind of person who can like, I don't know, use Bash or use, uh, use Emacs and be, you know, do shell scripts and do this great stuff. They like the fact that it's not easy for new people to learn because it in, uh, confers a status on them for having stuck with it and learned it. They don't, you know, I, I, that's Snapchat. Bloomberg Terminal is Snapchat for people in their 50s, probably. That's a very interesting way to look at that. Well, I don't know about that. But we did it. We did it. Yeah. Did we do it? Yeah. Did we do it? It feels like we did it. Yeah, we did it. All right. You're going to make it to your thing? Yeah. Okay, well, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Mm-hmm.